0: Hey, thanks so much for joining us online for part four of our series, The Five Ways to Grow Your Faith. Now, we probably all had moments where we didn't feel like we were enough. We weren't smart enough, we weren't strong enough. And I'm guessing that's also been true when it comes to faith for you. Those moments when you didn't think you knew enough or you weren't good enough to get involved or be involved in some faith or religious activity. So today, I wanna give you a simple way to grow your faith generally, especially when it comes to those moments where you don't feel like enough. Welcome to uh, part four of our series, uh, the five ways to grow your faith, um, where we're giving you better ways to grow your faith than asking God to help you to break a stick uh, and having that than that happen. Um, two really simple ways uh, that I just wanted to highlight. Um, one's a new way, one's kind of a refurbished way uh, to grow your faith. Uh, the first one is the new way, um, and it's this right here. It's called the Faith Growth Guide, and uh, it's just some resources that I kind of sat down and grabbed from other churches and grabbed from my own experience and put together in a little booklet here. It's com- completely free for you. It's right in the back on the on the welcome table, uh, and everything from kind of a starting steps in, into faith and maybe to talking about doubts to, hey, I've been doing this for a long time. And so it's full of uh, steps you can take here at Infuse, things you can read, books you can read. Yeah, you'll have to read. Um, and then videos you can watch. And uh, so there's just some awesome resources for you in there. Also, um, re- we we rebuilt our messages tab on our website. It looks really nice and clean now. And uh, not that it wasn't before, but it's just, I didn't do this. So now it's even better. So um, And so you can go on there, and of course, as always, if you miss a Sunday and you want to catch up, you can watch on here. Of course, it's always on our app. You can watch or listen there. As well as, um, there's messages on here that go back like three years, and so there's plenty of content there. There's these nice little tags down here, so you're like, I want to watch things about Christianity 101, or following Jesus, or my doubts, and and just an easier navigation and way to get around and hopefully grow in your faith. Um, Or, You could just be here on Sundays. Uh, That's that's pretty great as well. Now, a few years ago, um, I was working for Boeing, and uh, one afternoon, I was sitting in my cubicle, um, maybe napping, I don't know, and I was sitting in my cubicle, and I got a phone call, and it was one of the pastors at the church that I was attending, and so I pick up the phone, of course, and he says to me, Hey, Taylor, uh, life's, uh, we're just kind of going through some things, uh, a little too busy, kind of overcommitted. And I was hoping that you would be willing to uh, teach our church's faith foundations class. Our faith foundations class. We're in week two tonight at six o'clock. And so I was hoping that you could come in and kind of pick up and teach the rest of the class. Are you cool with that? Now, That may not seem like a big deal because, of course, Pastor Taylor should be able to to do that. Um, But at the time, I was not Pastor Taylor. In fact, to contextualize uh, where I was in my life, especially in my faith journey, at the time, I was only a one-year-old Christian. I had spent two months. I was a two-month-old church intern, so I was working weekends at the church, Saturday and Sunday, and then I was working at Boeing Monday through Friday, and I was three weeks into my four-year master's degree in theology. So obviously, I was really, really excited about this opportunity, right? No, not at all. I wasn't. And probably you've been in a similar situation where your boss comes in and asks you to do something, and the first thing that comes to your mind is, I can't do that. In fact, I would call it the, or at least for the rest of this message, we're going to call it the not enoughs. I'm not smart enough. I don't know enough, I'm not experienced enough, I don't speak well enough, I just don't know I can take on this opportunity and do it well. I'm just not enough. And maybe you're just such an amazing person, you've never had that happen to you in your life, and so therefore, I'm guessing, though, you have probably had that happen in your faith journey at some point. Maybe it was just as simple as showing up to Infuse church on a Sunday morning and you thought to yourself, I don't know if I'm good enough to show up and hang out with a bunch of Christians. If they knew what I had done in my past, they definitely wouldn't accept me. I'm just not good enough, or I'm not enough like church people to be a church person, or maybe you've been coming for a while, and you feel like maybe it's time for you to take a step of faith, and I don't know what that's like for you, but you kind of sat there and thought to yourself, well, I'm not sure that I know enough to take that step of faith and that's where i was in the context of this moment in time uh, when i said okay i have like four maybe five hours to prep for this class tonight and i said hey thanks so much for this opportunity that's really awesome that you think so highly of me Uh, but i'm not sure i'm ready for that to which he said oh i think you'll do fine i'll send you the material which was i think another way of saying do you want to continue to be a church intern yes well then you should probably teach the church foundations class and so he sent me the material, and I walk in uh, that night, and it was, it was tough, okay? I felt a little bit like this emoji, okay? That, that, like, embodied how I felt like the class went. I mean, there was some seriously embarrassing moments. Like, I pronounced whole books of the Bible wrong, Like it's one thing to just like try to preach out of a book of the Bible, but when you can't even say the name wrong, and of course it wasn't like John or Mark, I can do that just fine, thank you. But that, I just, oh man, it was embarrassing. They asked me questions, this is a Faith Foundation class, they asked me big, good questions, and I'm not sure I had great answers for you. And to be honest, the worst part of it all was, I didn't even have facial hair at the time, and so I'm sure to some of them when I walked in the room, it was like, I think you're looking for the middle school room that's down the hall. And <laughs> so I grew facial hair. No, and, and so, <laughs> so I'm not sure what they thought. I didn't think it went very well. Um, but long story short, I went and I taught that class. And that's kind of what today's topic is really about. Those moments when you feel like that, when you feel like that, especially in regards to your faith, when you're sitting on kind of a decision that you got to make, or maybe somebody hasn't even asked you, you just know that you should, or you look at the back of that connection card in your program, and you're like, wow, that's cool that you guys do all these things, but I'm not sure I'm enough to do one of those things. And you sit there, and you're not sure about the whole God thing, and not sure about faith and trusting. This has been an interesting series for you, but you're not sure you're there yet. Um, or maybe, honestly, for some of you, you could actually be on the whole other side of it where you've been following Jesus for so long that it's just kind of become stale. And, and, and you're looking for something new and different, and so if you're in that kind of area of your life and you've ever felt something like that, today I'm going to give you one of the most incredibly practical, in fact it's so practical you'll probably sit there and say that's almost too easy, too easy of a way to overcome and grow in your faith and not to feel, well maybe you may feel like that for a time, But you'll get to a place where you're going to look back and say, wow, I'm so glad I went through that moment and I've grown so much. Now to do that, I'm going to share with you uh, a little bit of a story that happened in a place called Galilee, and this is a map, uh, if you're familiar with maps, if you're a map person, um, this is Israel, or modern day Israel, but this is um, the cities and landscape back uh, in the New Testament time, in Jesus' time, and the today's story happens up here around this little body of water called uh, the the Lake of Gennesaret, Uh, or in English terms, it's the Sea of Galilee, because for some reason in English, we just can't... Determine that that's a lake, and so we call it a sea. There's actually a better reason, but it's way too long, and we're not going to go into it today. But anyways, okay, so Sea of Galilee, all right, Uh, you may be familiar with this if you grow up around church, or you've heard any church stories, um, because there's a lot of famous stories that happened around there, and we're going to look at one of those exceptionally famous stories today, Um, and what's really cool is it's probably a story you may have heard a lot, but you might have missed one of the best parts of the whole story because it's one of those things you just kind of gloss over, it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense, but there is something incredible in one brief moment in this story, even if you grew up in church, and in that moment is one of the easiest ways for you to grow your faith, and certainly to overcome those moments when you sit there, and you're like, well, I'm not sure I'm enough. Now, Galilee, Um, It was many things um, and it still is today. It's uh, a really beautiful place. Uh, This is a picture of the the Sea of Galilee um, right there. Very beautiful place. Um, and uh, the, the other thing about the Sea of Galilee is Jesus did a lot of his ministry around here uh, because he wasn't, uh, he was from uh, a place, Nazareth, which is not too far from here. And, um, and so he's kind of near home. And then the other thing that was very interesting about this particular lake is it was like the central point, the crossroads for many, many civilizations and empires literally over thousands and thousands of years. So there was lots of people around here, and it was a very diverse collection of people. And what was so interesting, at this point in Jesus' ministry, a lot of them started to follow Jesus. Maybe they weren't sold out on Jesus, but they certainly thought it was worth following him and listening to him. And our story is going to pick up in Matthew chapter 14, so if you brought your Bibles along or you follow along on your Bible app or something like that, you can pull that out or of course we'll put it up here on the screen. But um, the story begins in Matthew chapter 14 on kind of a sad note. Because Jesus is teaching around the sea, and he's, and he's healing people, and large crowds are following him, and then he hears some really bummer news that his cousin, John the Baptist, who you may have heard about, um, was just executed. He was beheaded, just okay, and that really was a bummer for Jesus, because John had been out there, and John preached a lot of really edgy stuff, and one of the things that he kept doing is he kept using this illustration of two people um, and how one was an uncle and one was the niece, and they were married, and he said they probably shouldn't be, which to most of us we'd say, well, that kind of makes sense, but the two people in question was a guy named Herod Antipas and his niece uh, Herodias, and they were getting married, and and John was like, that's not good, and Herodias didn't like that, and and so she essentially just had him beheaded, and so real bummer for John. Um, And so that's where the story picks up, okay? So Jesus finds out, here's the news, and he's pretty sad. And when he heard, when Jesus heard, Matthew 14, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Because we all do that, right? When we're sad, we withdraw. And Jesus, as God and man, did that as well. He withdrew and mourned. Now, of course, uh, the crowds that have been following him respected that time and said, you know what, Jesus, you need some time away. We're good. You take the, all the time you need, Jesus, and come let us know when you're ready. They didn't do that at all. Not at all, actually. They, they did this. They, they, hearing this, the crowds followed him on foot from the town. Really nice people, right? They said, Jesus, I know you need some time alone, but we need some things to you, and our needs trump your needs. You'd never do that, right? Never do that to your spouse or anything like that, Right? Perfect. I'm great. So the crowds that that's what they did. And so Jesus, which I think was so compassionate, so awesome of Jesus. Jesus, when he landed, saw the large crowds like waiting for him. He's like, oh, I thought I escaped you, but here you are again. He had compassion on them and healed the sick. What a beautiful illustration. And then this is where it starts to get really good, because there's huge crowds out in the middle of this solitary place. It's getting dark, and here's how the story goes. As evening approached, the disciples came to him, Jesus, and said, this is a remote place. I know, Jesus is like, I went there to pray, and here you all are. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Now, I don't want to be a little presumptuous, but my guess is the disciples weren't thinking so much of the other people as they were like themselves. They were like hungry, and so they were like, hey, Jesus, we got to do a Mickey D's run. Uh, And so the crowds, they looked just so hungry, so we should send them away. I don't know, but just based on how the disciples acted over time, that's kind of how they did things sometimes. So anyway, send the crowds away because they need some food. And I love Jesus' reply to this i mean imagine picture yourself in this moment jesus replied watching this interaction happen they do not need to go away you give those large crowds of people something to eat to which they probably sat there and and were like stunned for like a good minute like what do you what am i missing something it, this, is, this is like my, my moment of, uh, hey, you want to teach the Foundations class? And I'm sitting there like, what? Do you, do you know I haven't been doing this long enough? Do you know I don't know enough? Do you know, like, anything? Like, I just, I'm just not enough to be able to teach this Foundations of Christianity class. Or this is your story. Experiencing a little bit of faith growth tension. Where God is kind of like nudging you in your heart or your mind to do something, to make a decision, to take a step. And you're like, well, I could, but, but I'm just not enough. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. And you kind of sit there and you're like, well, that, that's great, God, but like, how, do you want, how do you want me to do that? How do you want me to actually make that happen? Maybe you've picked the wrong person. In other words, And this is what the disciples said in reply. Jesus, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. We don't have enough. We just don't have enough. And then the next line is like everything. The next line is this moment we just kind of pass over and we don't realize the implications of what's happening here. And when we do, we miss one of the most incredible, simple yet powerful ways that we can take steps In our faith journey whether we're a brand new christian we're not sure about it or we've been doing it for a long time this is when the disciples sit there and say jesus we don't have enough and jesus responds jesus responds and says bring them here to me isn't that awesome you're like i don't get it taylor (laughs) bring them here to me this is like jesus sitting there and saying hey if all you have is five loaves of bread and all you have is two fish give me what you got and trust me to handle the rest like do you you have like an hour a week do you like in your week as you go through it do you have at least an hour to which you would say well yeah god i mean i got like hundreds of hours in one single week okay then god would say well could you give me one hour go to church give me one hour Hey, can you talk to other people? Well, yes, God, of course I, mean, of course I can talk to other people. Okay, then, then why don't you pray to me? Talk to me. Why can't you do that? Well, Jesus, I mean, I just don't know the fancy words, righteousness, holiness, justification, sanctification. I just, it's like, oh, I don't know, Jesus. I don't know if I can pray to you. Well, can you talk? Well, yes. Well, then talk to me. Before saying yes to that foundations class, I kind of, like, said, well, could I pray on it and call you back? And he said that'd be fine, and, and so I did. And and God just, like, as I prayed, as I talked, okay, this is kind of what I felt in my heart. It was kind of like, Taylor, do you love me? God's asking me that. Taylor, do you love me? To which I'm like, well, yeah, Lord, of, of course I love you. Then share that love with others. Yeah, but God, I, like, I, I just... I'm not, I'm like three weeks into seminary. There's just not enough, okay? Do you love me? Yeah. Well, then just just share with other people that love, and you'll be fine. Isn't that so much simpler? Just to bring me, God's saying, bring me what you have and trust me with the rest. God, God, I don't know if I have time for that. Well, bring what time you do have. God, I don't know the Bible well enough. Well, then bring me what you do know. God, I don't know if I can follow you. Well, could you follow your boss if your boss says something? Well, yeah. Okay, well, then just follow me. Can, can you get into a bathtub? What? what? You can ba- get in a bathtub? Yeah, I can get in a bathtub. Okay, then you can be baptized. Oh, but that's way too simple. That's starting to make me really uncomfortable listen, the reason you're all here this morning, I don't know if you knew this, the reason that you're sitting in this gym this morning is because in the last four years, Stephanie and myself and a bunch of other people over the last four years did not know how to start a church. I can tell you 100% I did not know how to start a church. But what I did know how to do is to learn. And so all I did was brought my ability to learn to the table. And trust God to do the rest. And there have been stories after stories of people throughout our four-year little history of people doing just that. I'm just going to bring to the table what I can do and trust God to do the rest. And you will be shocked at how capable and fast you can grow. And other people can grow. And I realize you sit in those moments of decision and you're like, oh, this is uncomfortable. There's tension here. I feel a little stressed. I just, oh, it's just uncomfortable. I get that. But this is called exercise. And going back to the gym for the first time, I can't tell you because I haven't been there in a while, but I know because I did it in my past, okay? Going for the gym for the first time, okay, it is uncomfortable. That's called exercise. But if you keep going, if you keep going to the faith gym and you keep working out and you keep doing this, bringing what you do have and trusting God to do the rest, you will grow. It's that simple. And then he directed, the story goes on. And then he directed those disciples to bring them, bring him the food, taking the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke the loaves and then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave out those five loaves and two fish to the people. And everybody, they all, they all ate and were satisfied. Not just like they ate and felt better, they were like, I'm feeling good. And the disciples picked up the 12 baskets, didn't they start with less? Yeah, they, they picked up the 12 baskets of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. And I get it, if you're sitting there like, oh, Taylor, you know, miracles its just a stretch for me that's hard, that's a little too incredible, I don't know if I could be a part of something like that or put my faith in someone who says that they could do that, that's just kind of incredible. It is incredible, but it's pretty simple. See, I think the reason is you're kind of talking yourself out of it because it just seems too complex. Like, I don't know how that works. Listen, you don't have to know how it works. You just have to bring what you do know to the table and trust him with the rest. And then you get to look back on moments like these, just like the disciples, and like, boy, I'm so glad we didn't go to Mickey D's. Like, this was so much cooler. That was incredible to look back and see that. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was younger and I was going to church every Sunday, um, actually, it really wasn't when I was going to church back then. It wasn't until I ca- kind of started getting exposed to uh, churches that are kind of like infused and people talk about faith and, and they walk around these people with like huge faiths I don't know if that's a thing, but they have huge faith, and uh, they walk around, and they say things like, like, oh, I just, I thank God for all that he's done in my life, and um, I, I, I just trust him so much. And I'm just so grateful for everything he's given me, and, and I would always sit there, especially as agnostic, and I'd sit there, and I'd be like, I, I don't see God in this. I just see you doing something, and then something happens, and like, there's no Red Sea parting moment in this, so why do you give God the credit? See, now I see. Today, I can say, I see why people do that. It's because people are doing this process of just bringing God, bring me what you do have, and trust me to do the rest. Just like I hear from you, and this is not a a bragging thing, this is just a factual thing to illustrate the point. Just like I hear from so many of you, Taylor, I feel like on Sunday, you just, like you're talking right to me. It's like you know me. Like, Taylor, this is the first time in a long time that I've actually understood the Bible. Taylor, now this whole Jesus thing is making a difference in my life, and and I'm so grateful for that. I'm so thankful for that, and thank you for that feedback. I appreciate it. But listen, I'll tell you how that all worked. All I did was learn how to speak clearly, and I'm still learning to speak more clearly. And then I just trusted God with the rest. Because I can tell you, I could sit for the rest of my life and try to come up with stories like this and make this up. And I couldn't. And I don't have to. All I do is just speak clearly to you the truth that God has worked in the world and wants to work in your life. And you sit there and you're like, wow, that's just so true and practical and understandable. Yeah, that's how God meant it. Sometimes we lose things in translation and so you need some help and just piecing it all together. But, but that's, it's just all there. It's not my truth, it's his, and I'm just sharing it with you. And that's why I can sit here and and honestly say, I'm just thankful for what God is doing in your life. Not what Taylor is doing, but what God is doing in your life. Now, brief moment of honesty with yourself, if you would, just real quick. If you're getting this, like it makes sense up here, but you're kind of resisting, especially like in here, and, it, and it's a little harder to, like, okay, like, really buy in to, to what I'm saying. I, I just want you to ask yourself, is it because what you're telling yourself is, like, this whole thing, this whole following Jesus thing is just, it's too complex? Because I think we tell ourselves that. Like, like, God, my problems, they're too complex for you. My decisions, they're just too complex for you. My family, just too complex for you. Faith, as I look at it, is just too complex for me. And the rituals and the religion and all that stuff, it's just too complex. So I'm not sure that I can take that step to grow, to to push the envelope. If you're resisting, if you're resisting, I hope that you will consider that Jesus made this really, really simple that you don't have to get all the complexity figured out. You just have to bring what you do have, even if it's a mess. And trust God to figure it out with you. Because part of your resistance, I think more comes from the fact that to make this any simpler would take away your excuses. It's too complex. It's too difficult. Yeah, that's a great excuse unless it's as simple as saying, just bring what you have, even the complexity and even the mess, and trust him with the rest. But if you do nothing with it, nothing will change. It's that simple. If you go down to our kids' environment after service today, and you look at those people in that room, and if you've ever thought to yourself, oh my gosh, those are like amazing people. Like, they're not even human. I don't know who could spend an hour with my kid, because I barely can sometimes, let alone all the other children, and they are just like, they're not, they're like super Christians. I don't know. Or if you look into our middle school environment and you say, wow, wow, that's so incredible because, like, all the questions and the things that middle schoolers have going on in in that crazy season of life, um, I don't know if I can handle it, but I'm so glad that they do. Or, Or if you think to yourself, oh my gosh, I don't know how these screens work and the lights work and all that stuff, and those people in the back by the little computers and stuff, they must have, like, gone to school for that stuff. It's just absolutely incredible. It's simpler than that. It's simpler than that. They're not superhuman down in the kids' area. They just know how to have fun. I can't tell you how many volunteers have said to me, at the end of the day, it's just about having fun. Because we give you all the curriculum, so you know exactly what to say. You just have to have fun. In middle school, if you know how to be authentic and listen, you can be a great middle school leader. Great middle school leader. You don't have to go to school to learn how to do tech things. You just have to be willing to learn. Because, like, pretty much no one came into our production team with experience. We all just learned it together. And then you just trust God to do the rest. And then you get to look back and say, Wow, I think there was this moment when I was part of something life-changing. And, and someone in my life and then in other people's lives, and that's just incredible that when you hear the baptism stories you're like oh yeah I remember that first time that they came to infuse and I think I was actually the one at the front door and I said hello and it just seems so simple to just say hello and now they're up getting baptized in their story I'm like crying and it's like overwhelming and how is this all possible it's possible because all you did was brought God what you could do and trusted him with the rest the greatest movement, movements through history in Christianity, the ones where lives were really changed, it's people doing this. When plagues broke out back in the first and second centuries, the Christians were the ones that stuck around and helped. Not because they were doctors, but because they could sit with people and they could comfort people and they could pray with people. And so they did. And people got through it just because they weren't alone. amazing and the people that you consider in your life to be people of great faith i promise you if you go back and ask them hey how did you grow and you take this filter and you hear what they have to say and you put it through this filter i guarantee their story will be the same they brought to god what they could do and trusted him with the rest the first time back in the gym will always be tough But every time you go back, it gets a little easier, it gets a little easier, it gets a little easier. Maybe the first step is just showing up or showing up a second time. I don't know. But just bring what you got and trust him with the rest. So here's my question, what can you bring? What can you bring? Can you meet your neighbors? Have you met your neighbors? Can you welcome The new neighbors that you have. Could you set up a bouncy house, grill out some hot dogs, and say hello? Then you can host a block party. It's that simple. Can you sit quietly for 15 minutes? Some of you are like, oh, maybe seven and a half. (laughs) Then you can pray to God for at least seven and a half minutes. Can you write a check? Oh, the pastor's after our money. No. God may be, though, if that's where your tension's feeling, okay? We're called to put our money where our heart is, where our trust is. And so if you want to grow that trust muscle, guess what you got to do? You write a check where you put your credit card information in. And if your issue is, well, Taylor, I just don't trust the church, I understand there's a lot of reasons not to trust the church these days. I don't know if you've seen on Instagram and there's all these pastors with like $900 shoes and I'm like, what? I get it. So if that's your issue, totally fine. Then write a check to an organization you do trust and do believe in. Write a big one. Big, generous check. And then trust God with the rest. And I promise you, when you look back six months later, you're not going to say, gosh, what, what, I don't know what I'm going to do without that money. You're going to be like, I am so glad I did that. There's just something profound about stretching and growing and exercising that faith muscle. Maybe it's something personal in your personal life. I don't know. Set a reminder on your phone. It's that simple. What can you bring and then trust God with the rest? Imagine if we all like did that together. Wouldn't that be crazy? Like do you think, do you think our neighborhoods would be like just a little bit better off? Do you think do you think our community would be a little bit better off? I think they're okay with me like calling them out, but the first two rows right up here in front are filled with a corner of a neighborhood. Yeah. Why? Cuz you had a block party. Okay, it wasn't that tough. And it took like a year for everybody to like come together, but now they're showing up. Why? Because they had a block party, y'all. They just did what they could and trusted God with the rest. Because God-sized impacts start when you start saying yes, and you just bring what you can, and you trust him with the rest. It's that simple. And I promise you, you will look back and be so, so grateful. You did. And you most certainly will grow. And you don't even have to try to break a stick to do it. Okay, If you would bow your heads and pray with me for a moment. We'll sing a song and get you out of here. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much that you sent your Son to be God and man walking among us to teach us, to show us what it means to have a relationship with you, to grow that trust, that faith with you, to grow ourselves and to help others to grow. Lord, my prayer this morning, an invitation to all those that are sitting here, even if they're not even sure that you're listening, or if you even exist, my prayer is that we would all just be willing to bring to the table what we can to identify one or two just simple ways, simple things that we can bring to the table, even if it's a mess, even if it's a disaster, or if it's just as simple as saying hello to a neighbor, that we bring that to the table, and we trust you with the rest. Heavenly Father, just give us the strength, the courage, and the people in our lives to take those steps and trust you in the process. Lord, we pray this in your Son Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's message. Now, I want you to consider what you can do. Maybe it's one or two just simple things you can bring to the table right now because Jesus isn't expecting you to do the miracle. He's just expecting you to bring to the table what you can and trust Him with the rest. Maybe that's showing back up at church wherever you live or maybe you're in our area and you're considering attending Infuse. Maybe it's leading a small group in your community or ours. I'm not sure, but what you can bring to the table, I encourage you to do so, because God can show up in unexpected ways when you do. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week.